Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. Well, thanks for staying with the talking point this morning. Uh, we're going to be in conversation with Dr. Imtiaz Suluman. You would know him as the founder of The Gift of the Givers. And we're looking at the campaign that Gift of the Givers is running alongside SAFM. Dr. Suluman, I bet your vehicles don't get stuck on the road. No, <laughs> and, and if we do get stuck, there's thousands of people stopping to assist. You know, they do break down sometimes. It, it happens, but I mean, we got teams that look after vehicles all the time. We have got fleet management. All the vehicles go for continuous checked up all the time. It's, it's, you, you have the odd case where something just goes wrong, but our, but more than that, we get stuck in the mud. You know, in in, in when you're going to rural areas, yeah, where the yeah. roads are bad and we deliver and the trucks are too big. We have a problem there, but we've changed the system now. We use slightly smaller trucks when we're going to those areas. All right. I, I was just being silly there. Let's talk about this campaign that you are going to be part of alongside SAFM, the collaboration. Uh, what is it about and how will it work? Well, SAFM came to us. I mean, SAFM always comes to us for for general social interest projects. Mm. And, you know, they were identified a school, Fresello Primary in Mayaton, and they said the school requires assistance. I mean, there's so many schools that require assistance in South Africa. And they opted, your team uh, opted to chose this school. They required bulk food, they required stationery, they wanted some uh, sanitizer, nothing much. You know, something simple. And we said, no, we'll make that available. And if the uh, listeners want to take part, if we can expand it way beyond that, because our intervention mm-hmm. in schools is not one school. We're doing several schools at the same time, and we're doing lots of different things in different schools. Yesterday, we opened up a school in Sir Laudy's past primary school in, in Cape Town. When I say open, I don't mean we opened it. It was already open. But those, they come from a community. Literally, we can, we, by, by giving some examples, people can get a picture of what's going on in the country. This is an area, Sir Laudy's past. It's only 40 minutes from Cape Town, one hour maximum. It's a school that has 1,280 learners, 1,480 learners. The area has 75% to 80% unemployment. You would think in an area like that, you know, people will not be able to be disinterested in making progress. These kids want to go to school even when school is closed. The educators are absolutely dedicated and committed to teach those kids. Mm. Besides imparting education and learning, they have a, 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 an ethic, a principle where they show love, kindness and compassion to those children while coming, remember, from an 80% unemployment area. These kids are so hardworking and wanting to learn the teacher, the principal, and management had no choice but to con- convert the computer lab into a classroom, and they did the same with the storm. They came to us, Property 24 came forward, provided money and ran. We added three additional classrooms for 90 extra kids. So the computer lab and the storm can now be open. ENS Africa brought in a full garden. As I mentioned you know, some time ago, that hospitals, each hospital should have a bowl, considering what happened at Rayma Musa and Alan Joseph a few weeks ago. And the same way we said every school should have a bowl and should have gardens where the kids can learn the skill mm. of growing their own crops and they can take it home to the parents because hunger is a massive issue in the country right now. So that's one of the things we're doing you know, in the school and doing lots of things in different schools throughout the country. Dr. Suleiman, when we talk about this great need that exists within the schooling system, we then are coming from a period where we have had a significant number of schools that have been destroyed um and 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 the impact of of that is is 
is going to be felt for quite a number of years to come. I, I remember this morning, one of our listeners sent me a WhatsApp message. It's, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to find it now because there are quite a few that come in. But the, the point he was raising is that I think he said his child goes to the Joe Slovo Primary School. And the child was turned back today, turned back home because that school has been destroyed. It was destroyed as part of the unrest that, that we had in the country two weeks ago. How much worse does that make the situation? Yeah, of course, compounds. I mean, the, 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 the ramifications of that are large, Kathy. You mm-hmm. know, if you look at it, first of all, you know, we are, our budgets are doing well. And then suddenly we got COVID-19. And we got downgraded internationally by the ratings agencies. Money became more expensive. Our rent did well and collapsed and did well and collapsed again. So uh, everything becomes more expensive. The fuel price went to the roof. The oil price went to the roof in dollars and in rent terms became much higher. Everything becomes more expensive. The point I'm making is the tax revenue is becoming less and less and less as more and more people are getting unemployed and, and the cost of living is becoming high. Now to maintain existing systems, it's also very expensive. And then you have the public sector who need a wage increase they haven't had for so many years. All of that comes from the same pot. To aggravate the situation, you go burn schools, you destroy hospitals, you destroy ambulances. Where is the funding to fix all those things up? When mm-hmm. the current things can't be done, the backlog of changing schools from under a tree, you know, mud schools, bring them into classrooms, we haven't caught up with that yet. And now the existing one that's working well, we destroy that. What we're actually destroying is not... You know, the, the schooling system itself overall. We destroy the future of our children in the area that we come from, mm. causing more harm to our children and our grandchildren and taking from them the opportunity to make progress. And I, I mean, even, even the looting itself in KZN, a lot of black, I'm saying deliberately, a lot of black students or optometrists lost their practices. Now, you know how long it took that old granny and the parents to put the pension money, to put a child through to school, optometry, matric, coming from the rural areas, hardship, difficulty, getting somebody to fund them, put them, be proud when they qualified in, 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 in optometry school, and now got the space, and now it's destroyed. A lot of them are not properly insured. It's very expensive to set it up. You're destroying the future of your own communities. It doesn't make sense what people are doing, to be honest. And unfortunately, this thing is instigated by people, and I say it bluntly, are traitors to our country. Because people who are patriots don't behave like that. Mm. You, you don't make a difficulty for nurses and doctors to go to hospital. Persons want to suffer. The patients. Patients can't get oxygen. They can't get food. You destroy pharmaceutical industries. You destroy food areas. People now find it more difficult to buy items. It's more expensive now to take a taxi and go somewhere else. It's more expensive. It's more costly. You're only harming yourself. People want to ferment racism. They want to create violence. You are not benefiting the country. And our people need to see that. Dr. Suleiman, given the great need, as you've highlighted, that has been exacerbated by the, 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 the protest, the looting, the unrest of, of, of two weeks ago, what is it that people can do in this moment, ordinary South Africans, to, to support the work that you're doing and also to try and, and reach out to those communities that have been left in need? We have to deal with a lot of issues, Cathy. Number one, we need to know that we are not enemies to each other. Mm. That's, that's the first thing, because the traitors will succeed in trying to tear the community apart. They're aggressive on social media. They're saying things that are not true. They're making false posts. They're making people angry and anxious. We don't have to respond to that. Our first thing is to respond as South Africans to South Africans. President Mandela led the way. When he came out of prison after 27 years, 
the first thing, you know, there was no uh, maliciousness, no vindictiveness. There was forgiveness. There was building relationship. The following year, he gave the ANC and the whole country a shock. He wore the, 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 the number six rugby jersey. Would have thought that he would wear the rugby which associated with apartheid, wear the jersey. He was showing that reconciliation and to coming together something important. That same message has to come out now. It is Mandela month also. You know, it's time that we reach out to each other. Building relations, overcoming emotions is the most important aspect because mm-hmm. we don't get along with each other. Everything else is, is, is pointless. So let's reach out to each other. And fortunately, as a result of what has happened, a lot of people are reaching out to each other across community, across color, across race, across religion. That's the true South Africanness of who we are. Secondly, as much of us, we help as many as we can in our companies. Let's try to employ as many people as we can, try to save as many jobs as we can, do as much as possible. We also, as part of our program of intervening, we've got a request for 25,000 food parcels. You know, and there's hunger, not necessarily related to the, to the incident of the two weeks ago, but it's because of COVID, lockdown, you know, unemployment, job, job losses. We're saying let's help as much as we can. But at the same time, we want to do look at the businesses that we can put back on, on the road because if those people become self-sufficient, they employ two or three people. So our overall strategy as South Africans, let's help South Africans in whichever way we can be. Job creation, education, teaching, building relations, building up shops, supporting each other, being courteous to each other. All those values just bring a better relationship in the country. And special thanks to the South Africans outside the country mm-hmm. who are also doing a huge effort to support us in the country. Micheli, on social media wants to know, Dr. Suleiman, how um, he or she can become a, a volunteer of Gift of the Givers. That's the most difficult thing, Kathy. We don't really take volunteers, especially during COVID-19. I can't afford my staff getting sick, you know. But what we do, while saying that we don't take volunteers, we normally package the stuff ourselves, drive it ourselves, distribute ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we've changed the system now with the food parcels. We can't get to the whole of KZN and all parts of Houteng, you know, in, in two days when people are hungry from two weeks ago. So we're going to areas to people we know. Those people are taking volunteers that they know, and other people are coming and joining those groups of volunteers throughout the provinces that we're involved in, KZN especially right now, to some extent Houteng. Mm-hmm. And it, the volunteer people who are interested should just check who's working in those areas and join them. And because we're making use of people we know to help us speed up the rate of delivery because people are hungry and it's impossible to get to 25,000 families in one day. All right, Dr. Imtia Suleiman.